I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, my wife Pam and I interview Jeannie Shaw, author of 17 books. She shares about her life and ministry and writing career and how she's coped losing her husband, Wyndham. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I'm here with my wonderful wife, Pam Skinner. Baby, it's great to have you on the program. Oh, thanks. I always love being here. I know that when we talked about interviewing Jeannie Shaw, it's like, you got to be in this Oh, one. oh yeah. I wasn't <laughs> going to miss this, Jeannie. No way. <laughs> and, and it's, oh, this is great. It's it's great to have you on the program, Jeannie. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. I've been looking forward to it. I know, I know. And I know Pam has a little bit more of a connection since she was uh, baptized in the Boston Church. I don't think our paths have ever crossed. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I've heard so many things about mm-hmm. you. And it's like, what really triggered is, I know that um, Joel Pede invited you to come and speak at yes. the CLIMB conference in, in November. And so it is a real honor to have you come and speak. I'm looking forward to your class. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate it. So much. Yes, we have a lot of people, I'm sure, that we are connected with over the years. Probably. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've got, you know, I think this, is this your most recent book? That's my most recent, yes. Okay, yes. Well, we'll talk about that later. But I've, over the years, appreciated all your writing. And I know... Uh, even a couple of years ago, I just had some personal questions and emailed you and you got right back to me. I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> you're very available and you're obviously just a, a great role model for us women and wives in the ministry. So thank you for being here. Jeannie, how'd you become well, a Christian? Oh, wow. Um, well, we're talking a lot of years ago. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just had my 69th birthday a few weeks ago, and I became a Christian when I was 13 years old. So you can do the math there. It's been a lot of years. Wow! Um, Oh my gosh! Yeah, I uh, yeah I was um, very fortunate to grow up in a Christian family, and um, my I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, and my dad um, he worked at the University of Florida and wanted to see a church started uh, near the the university campus. And so uh, really worked to get this little church started near the campus. And my mom's uh, dad was an elder at the local Church of Christ, not near the campus. And I think it was probably not an easy transition for, for her to move over there. But I really started that church there um, that later became Crossroads Church of Christ and where a lot of uh, ministry people were changed that uh, or converted through through that time. And so that was really exciting. And so I got to see that I was as the campus ministry was really growing. I was a high school student and um, 
you know, I, but before that, I, um, 13 was actually kind of old in those days. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure people were kind of wondering, and I was already getting a bit rebellious, to be honest. Um, I wasn't sure I saw, you know, I saw Christian is a little stifling to me at that time. And like, but I could never really enjoy the world because I felt so guilty and ashamed of what I knew was true mm. and the Bible, what I knew was true as far as Jesus. And honestly, it was, um, I could not get Jesus off of my mind. And a part of the, uh, I think the life I was choosing between, um, I really just thought so much of, of what Jesus did on the cross. And I knew that it was going to be an all or nothing, all in, all out decision at that time. Uh, at that time, you know, there were no formal studies that right. we went through. Um, I just knew what Jesus had done for me and I wanted to respond to him. And um, I, I kind of, it's funny, I kind of counted the cost with myself. I remember asking myself <laughs> the question, I think it was the night before I decided to get baptized. And I remember thinking, well, what if somebody asked you to move to Africa? Would you go? Uh, what if someone came to you with a gun and tried to get you to deny Jesus? And, you know, it's funny, those big things sometimes we think of and it's little things, but ironically, God always has a sense of humor. Uh, later, we were asked to go to Africa, and um, I was actually excited about it. Plans changed, and so that didn't actually happen with some needs and and Boston and in the church in South Africa at the time. And early in my uh, uh, college life, I'd somewhere between high school and college, I it wasn't held by gunpoint, but I was at knife point, and I did have an opportunity to. Uh, share my faith. It was a very frightening experience, but I thought, isn't that really ironic that those two things I I went back to and I thought, okay, God, you were you have always been with me and faithful, and um, you know, I I never looked back. It's not that I didn't have times of weakness or sin. It's just that I knew that uh, I was in this for life, mm -hmm. and and so I. I've never regretted a day of that. You were mugged at knife point. Can you talk a little bit about what happened? Uh, yes, actually, I put that that story. You uh -huh. can read about it. Probably one of the first books I wrote, mm -hmm. My Morning Cup. Yeah. But I yes, I was. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night with a man uh, laying on top of me with a, a knife. And he said, don't scream. I have a knife. And um, I was uh, very... The conversations I had with God during that time, but also um, conversations with him. Uh, you know, I told him what he was doing was wrong and he was going to have to account to God for this. And uh, it was probably, I bet, about an hour conversation. And um, he told me he had planned to do everything to me that I'd ever read about, but he was leaving and he didn't know why. And, uh, he left and I was unharmed, unhurt. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, it was, yeah. 
it's that was an it took an hour that was an hour mm -hmm. i i could see i could see a clock on my little um bed shelf i i never saw his face um i'm grateful but yeah it was um it was quite a uh a time where god gave me peace during that time um you know i thought i may not live uh but I thought, uh, even in, during that time, I remember thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's amazing, those Bible stories you grew up with, and you never thought that, uh, you know, that how much they they mean to you and your faith. But um, I thought, God, I know you can save me from this, but if you don't, you know, I believe you're still real. And oh uh, it's quite amazing that he did. He wow. brought me through it. Wow. And how old were you? I was probably 18. 18. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Did, did you have therapy after that? Did you get some counseling for that? I mean, <laughs> I how, do you, how do you recover that from that? It was, it was definitely, uh, there was some post-traumatic stress for sure. But, um, yeah, um, no, I've, uh, I think more than anything, it just taught me that God comes close in supernatural ways that there's no way I should have had the peace that I had during that time. Right. I just felt God's presence with me. Oh my gosh. And, um, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately not everybody has the same outcome that I was able to have. I'm just, I'm just grateful, but, um, yeah, it was a very, uh, it was a very life changing moment for me and just how quickly life can can go um and yet the importance of closeness with god wow yeah i've had a lot of i've been struck by lightning knocked out I, yeah god has given me uh he's let me know every day that i'm alive i'm alive for a reason so <laughs> struck by lightning. It's all oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> struck okay struck by lightning okay you brought it up so let's <laughs> we got to talk about this what what was that like yeah uh, I thought, well, that would be a quick way to go. I was with some <laughs> friends and actually I was, I think I was either 17 or that was a very, uh, yeah, life-changing year for me. Uh, but, uh, the year between high school and college and, um, we were at the beach and it got very cloudy quickly. A storm was coming and we started running and, uh, next thing I knew. I was uh, laid out on the sand and I had found this beautiful sand dollar. And I remember thinking, oh, my sand dollar's broken. And then I remember thinking, what's happened? I'm thinking, am I dead? And I'm, or am I alive? I remember thinking that <laughs> because I was just knocked out. I mean, I was scraped all over because just the impact. But um, yes, yeah, so I guess somehow lightning had hit very nearby. It didn't travel through me, but it must have hit right beside me because it knocked me out cold. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, you need to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was sharing some of these stories, and actually several people said, you got to write a book. And then I thought, oh, my goodness. When I started writing, I hadn't... I, they started coming back. All the stories, All I the thought, stories. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. God has been faithful to me and has uh, 
God has my angels have worked over time, I think. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That's a lot. Wow. All right. How'd you meet Wyndham? You know, you guys oh. are have such a history and we're just really excited to talk about that. Oh, that's a fun story, actually. <laughs> I was actually dating a guy. Uh, I was senior in high school and he was a new Christian at church and um, Wyndham was on his on his dorm floor. And um, Wyndham had a girlfriend that lived in another state. And we kind of felt bad for Wyndham because his girlfriend was, you know, gone. And he started coming to church with us. And um, we would take him out on dates with us. Because, you know, I mean, (laughs) this poor guy, his girlfriend lived in another state. And, um, yeah, long story short, uh, Wyndham and I became really good friends. And um, he was baptized during that time. And um, <laughs> I remember one day I was devastated. My boyfriend woke up, broke up with me. And, um, you know, he's, I remember him saying, one day you're going to marry Wyndham. And I was like, what are you? And I was, you know, I was kind of brokenhearted because I was dating this guy. And, and um, yeah, and Wyndham and I were such close friends. And I was... Uh, and oh, and his girlfriend was baptized, but they broke up and um, she would stay with me in the dorm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we were and I remember after after they broke up, I was, you know, figuring out, you know, thinking, oh, what about this girl? Why don't you take her out? Why don't you, you know, and and um, yeah, then all of a sudden uh this was funny. Our first date. Well, I have some really funny stories of first dates, but <laughs> our first date, I wasn't quite sure it was a first date, but I think things were starting to change. He was an RA on the dorm floor. And so he said, the RAs have a Christmas party. They, you know, have to go to, and I'm supposed to take somebody and you're the only one I could think of that had a car. <laughs> <laughs> That was the very suave romantic move. <laughs> Our second date was a triple date, only what he didn't know is the the triple, the guys didn't have dates. And so it was me and uh, Tom Brown and Andy Van Buren and Wyndham at a basketball game. So that was really interesting. But <laughs> we have some funny stories, but I knew he was, you know, he was so sincere and so full of integrity. Uh, could never, I could never fault him for that. And then I remember that night I was talking to his sister and his sister had, uh, recently become a Christian and, uh, she was at the university as well. And I remember thinking, oh, I think I'm really feeling some things for your brother. And we were both kind of like, oh no, this could ruin everybody's friendship. And yet he was thinking the same things. So, Mm. uh, yeah. This is a this is amazing. So you were there at the very inception of the Crossroads Church of Christ. Yes, beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the elders is it Richard Whitehead? Yes, he was, an elder? He was he's yes, he is my dad. That's your dad. That's your dad. Wow, that's my dad. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I've heard his name countless. Didn't realize that was your dad. Yes, yes. So you were a high school student in the late 60s, I'm taking it? Um, Yeah, I graduated high school in 72. Okay, so you got 
you and then you went to the University of Florida. You didn't go I somewhere went to else. University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow. So you stayed at home and no, I went to the dorm. I I knew um, I I was you know very eager to make a difference in this world and just uh, so I I lived in a dorm and uh, that's a great story too. The I I played tennis in high school actually trying to start a tennis team because girls didn't have sports uh during during those years so uh, a, a friend of mine and i who played we were playing tennis um we decided to room together and yet something happened so that something <laughs> that uh it didn't it, it didn't work out uh we got a different roommate and so when i moved into my dorm on sunday afternoon um I was putting my stuff up and I had my Bible and my roommate said, Oh, it's a Bible. You, you go to church. I said, yeah. I said, I'm getting ready to go. We had Sunday evening service. And I said, you want to come? And she did. And three weeks later she was baptized. Oh my gosh. um, I think there were six girls on that floor. It was a Hume hall honors floor. Um, And I think there were six girls that year that got baptized. Wow. On that floor. It was really exciting. Very exciting. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that was a crazy time. So many people, uh, um, Randy McKean, you know, Randy? Yes. Uh I know. (laughs) Yeah. Randy and Kay. Kay's one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Because he was right around that time period. You guys must be close in age, I'm I'm assuming. Uh, Yes. Very close in age. He's a little younger than me. Kay wouldn't like me saying this. She's just a slightly <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but Bruce Williams had already graduated by the time you came in. Um, he was still there, I think. Yeah, he might have been. He might have graduated about the time I came in. Probably. Okay. That was about the, Kip was converted yes. right around that time when you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Okay. That's. I mean, you, Tom and you, Kelly you, Brown. Tom and Kelly Brown. Tom and Kelly Brown. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You've seen it all. Yep. Yes, that's right. Like, if you you could describe the atmosphere of the church at that time, what what was in the water? What was going on there that (laughs) that spawned so many campus ministers and church leaders? Um, you know, I think that it was it was a very unique time, of course, in in history. Um, There was, you know, the Vietnam War was going on. There was so much uh i mean desegregation was a new thing uh, there was a lot of um of course the whole um woodstock <laughs> and all the right. uh things from there it was it was a time of questioning um a time of uh, i think that people weren't young people especially weren't just satisfied with the status quo. And so there was a, an openness for what is my life? What am I living for? And, um, you know, just, it was basically a group of people who loved Jesus and we didn't really know what we were doing. We just talked about Jesus Mm. and, um, you know, Jesus can change your life, changed up my life. He can change your life. And, um, our, our Bible studies with people pretty much consisted of, you know, let's read this. This is, uh, we would, uh, read about Jesus. We would read about sin and we would read about 
getting forgiven of sin. Mm. And uh, a lot of people were baptized, honestly, in a few days uh, um, and who are still around. It was, it was really That's encouraging awesome. to see. Yes. It was a, yeah. It's amazing that God gave you such a, a vantage point from mm-hmm. your conversion at 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, till now, I mean, you, that whole generation now is, is in the process of retiring, but if they haven't already, but it's so interesting that you've seen it. I hope I hope you'll write a book about those early days. That would be a great topic. Yeah, I you know I think I'm going to do a memoir because yeah I, I that and will include a lot of of those things mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely, that would be wonderful. Can you give an overview of your career, like from from that time period until now? Just give us a thirty thousand foot overview of where you've been, sure. what you've done. Sure. Yes, um, I knew I wanted to be in the ministry, um, and uh, Wyndham was actually a couple years ahead of me in school, and um, I had I'd done a lot of uh, maybe some pre-college work in, in high school, so I was on a fast track, and I took a lot of hours. And so when he, he got a job uh, after he graduated at NC State, uh, working with the church there and with the campus ministry at NC State, uh, Duke Chapel Hill. That's where um, that's where we met uh, the Greens. That's where we met you know Doug. So many people, Douglas Jacoby, Doug Arthur, the, um, in in that campus ministry there. But um, so I actually was in journalism, and I just looked through the catalog and decided what could I what could I do and take the most classes in to graduate as fast as possible. So. I, I, uh, I finished out in two and a half years and, um, so I could join him early. I did my internship in North Carolina. So that's where we started at NC state. And we were there for five years. That was really exciting time. Um, we saw kind of very similar to things that happened at crossroads. I mean, just people were a lot of students. There were over a hundred students baptized that, that first year. And wow. it was really, it was so encouraging to see uh, God at work uh, in just a really amazing way. We went from there. You know, those were the times when campus ministries and some of the established traditional churches had a hard time meshing. And um, it was, um, it, it became a little difficult Um yeah. So we saw that it was best to to move on. We moved to West Virginia. Wyndham was the first time he had a, a preaching job. It was called pulpit ministry at that time, pulpit preaching. And so we were there. That was at the um, it, West Virginia University was part of that ministry. We were there for three years. Um, and then that didn't work out so well over time the church grew it was you know uh, but it was again it was hard to to mesh the two um and some of the uh some of those who'd been students in raleigh when we were there had been asking us to come to charlotte uh they had gone there and asked if we would uh, start a, a church there with them and uh the time hadn't been right before but hey, we were without a job. The 
time was seemed right. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> we gathered. Uh, there were. It was kind of cool because there were thirteen of us in all, and people just said, "Okay, what can you, what can you give to support?" And so they supported us um, during that time. We came and moved in with a family. Uh, I had just. We were a family of two at the time. I didn't know that I was pregnant with my third when we moved there. And, um, you know, we lived with the family and uh, it was a wonderful time. It was a great time in Charlotte. And we were there for five years. And that's when uh, I, Al and Bob came to visit and asked if we would consider moving to Boston just to try to kind of bring more unity throughout the the churches and to train for world missions. And, and that's something we were eager to do and learn and be a part of. And so we moved to Boston for six months, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> then we were supposed to go back uh, somewhere in the South, but we were the old people in the church then. Um, when we moved to Boston, uh, we were some of the older. Uh, my, I think we moved, yeah, my oldest was in fourth or fifth grade, Melissa, and then our youngest was, had not yet started kindergarten. And so um, we, when she was baptized, Melissa is a young teen, and when Wyndham was 38 or 39, um, he was asked to be an elder. Wow. And so, uh, like I said, we were the old ones. And so, and then at, asked us if we would be willing to be permanent Boston staff. That's not the intent we had, but God made it clear that was the plan. So we were there. We we did do an eight-year stint with Hope Worldwide um, while still serving the Boston church. We worked a lot with Eastern Europe, particularly with orphanages there. That's where we met and adopted our youngest son, who was 12 when, when he came to live with us. Wow. So, And what year was yeah. that, that you moved to Boston? We moved to Boston in 80, 1987. 1987, okay. There was a lot going on at that time. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. A lot of churches were getting reconstructed. There, there was a push for unity among the churches. Mm-hmm. Really a lot, lot of activity, a lot of mission teams going out at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they they why did why did Al and Bob seek you out? I mean, like how what triggered that? Were you in communication with them? Like, what? Why did they just think we're gonna just go uh, talk pull, to Wyndham? Go talk to Wyndham <laughs> and Jeannie. Well, um, I don't know. I really didn't appreciate it so much at the time, to be real honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we were really happy there. We loved it there. Um, and um, honestly, um, the church there really suffered a lot afterwards. That was really hard. I had to really, um, yeah, I I had to really work through that because, you know, it wasn't like there wasn't plans for it to be taken care of, but it was uh, went through a very difficult time. And so um, that was hard. But um, I think just the gathering of people who were, uh, who who had were raising up ministry people and uh, you know Wyndham had put a lot of uh, young men in the ministry and I think um, 
you know, the desire to unite and bring together, but we're trying to see, you know, a whole world be evangelized, which kind of the vision went from seeing a campus on every state to seeing a church in every country. Right. And so, um, you know, that was just going to take all hands on deck. And so right. I think they were, you know, looking for all the, uh, all the hands that they could get. Okay. Mm. Wow. So you guys stayed in Boston and were there till, till just recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Wyndham passed away in, uh, 2019. Um, I was there and still in the ministry another year until I, uh, was 67 and, and retired then. But yes, we were there for all that time. Wow. Okay. Since you brought up Wyndham, how, how did you make it through the death of your husband? Um, you know, um, you you put one foot in front of the other and live one day at a time. Um, uh, certainly that's something I never, uh, you know, you never think, Oh, this is my healthy husband. This is gonna, gonna happen to him. And he had a disease called multiple system atrophy, which is honestly, it's horrific. It is horrific. Um, uh, it takes every, every function of your body and disables it except for your mind. So, uh, people know more about ALS. I'm familiar with it. It's uh, it's similar and not in 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 how it presents, but um, you know maybe even a little more cruel at times. But um, I think there's a um, you don't really have a choice uh, of of what's going to happen. You only have a choice and what you're going to hold to and hold on to. And, um, you know, they're the hardest times. Those are the hardest days of my life. Um, you know, during the last year, I couldn't really even communicate with him because he couldn't talk and yet he could think he could, you know, so it was like trying to guess what we, he was needing and, and saying, um, although the day before he died, God gave him a voice for a few moments and he was oh. able to tell me he loved me and he was going to die. So oh, that was my. very, very precious. Wow. But um, I think those times of loss and suffering um, don't want him back, but there's a, a closeness to God, a sacredness that um, is unlike any other time I've experienced when uh, God's presence is just, uh, it's just everything. It's everything. Um, I, you know, when Wyndham got sick, the first thing, cause it's a terminal diagnosis. Um, he read the book of Job and, uh, you know, he said, I, you know, I'm determined I will not lose my integrity and, mm. um, uh, you know, approached it with instead of why me, why not me? And he determined at that time, he said, I'm going to live every day. Uh, courageous and faithful and cheerful and grateful. Mm. And he made that commitment and I made the same commitment and we did, we did every day. And, uh, you know, um, there were, I hoped as anyone does that God would heal him. God said, no, 
Um, you know, uh, I sometimes I would just kind of my therapy, I would put on headphones, go into the water and uh, go to a nearby pool and just swim and listen to worship music and cry into my goggles. Um, you know, it was, uh, but I would just say God was near, God was close, God provided. Uh, you learned something about, because I was caregiving, I was still in the ministry, uh, and I was in graduate school during that last year as well. And, um, you know, uh, the the people put God put in my life, the situation, the things where they were just at the right time, just what was needed. And so, um, you know, it was a time I just feel like a lot of people would give a day that uh, would, would, would long for a day to experience the kind of love and, uh, from a spouse and from God. And I got to have that for almost 45 years. Mm. So, um, to me, hope was is everything. When, when you know um, that this life is not what you're living for, when you know that eternal life has already started, you know there's just another side of it that can't see, and that is everything. That is that is just precious uh, hope for me and. You know, I, I think, well, he's really, he's the blessed one. <laughs> uh, he's he's living uh, in a way that I don't know what it is. In fact, it was interesting. One day as I was, uh, not too long after he died, I was crying. Uh, I was praying. I said, God, I, I know he's in paradise. I just, we don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what it looks like. None of us do. Right. Uh, no, what's, we don't know the other side. Um, and I just said, I, I know he's good. I said, can you just tell me he's okay? Everything, just tell me he's, everything's okay. Mm. And I just, I remember I was repeating that phrase over and over again. God, I just want to know everything's okay. Everything's okay. I got up out of my room where I had been crying and praying and the phone rang. And um, it was an older woman in another region. I didn't really know her. And she said, you might think I'm a little strange because I really don't know you, but I felt like I had to call and I just needed to tell you that everything's okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. She writes, yeah. She writes about that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <clears throat> you know, God has given me a lot of those moments and I think, uh, an openness to the spirit, uh, the spirits movement is something I've certainly grown in. Um, yeah. So the peace that passes human understanding is, uh, that's not just a Bible verse. That's real. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the hope that we have, that's real, that's real stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, nobody can take that from me. My, my husband is gone, but my peace is not gone. My joy, mm -hmm. the Lord is not gone and I'll, I'll see him again, you know, but, um, God has abundantly blessed, abundantly blessed me with uh, hugs and uh, confirmations beyond what I could imagine, even mm -hmm. since that point. But certainly it was a, 
you know, you realize God is enough. God is enough. Jesus is enough. And, uh, and he's all I need, really. How many years was it from the diagnosis to when he passed away? From the diagnosis, probably two years. Um, but he had already been having a lot of symptoms. He'd lost his balance. Uh, his voice had started diminishing. Um, some other uh, just anatomical functions and dysfunctions that uh, just uh, were very, were very marked. Um, yeah. That that probably was five year process. I see. <clears throat> How do you? I mean, you, you were sixty five or so. I mean, retirement age, right when he passed away. Do you ever feel robbed? Do you ever feel like, hey, God, you just kind of gave me the short end of the stick here. We we should be enjoying our retirement years together and our time together, and then we just lost him right right at the time when, um, you know, many people can look forward to a long period together. How, how did you deal with that? Um, I, I'm sure that can be a temptation. I don't know. I, one of the books I read, it was one of the non, non-Christian books I read called option B. And it was, there was something that was really helpful. It was, um, uh, Sandberg is her last name, but her husband was a very high up and I think it was Facebook or so. And, and right. he died suddenly mm-hmm. on a, treadmill on uh, had a heart attack Mm -hmm. and she kept saying you know going to option a you shouldn't have option a and she had a friend look at her and say you know you don't have option a anymore Mm -hmm. you have option b Mm -hmm. and um honestly that i I thought i just want to be grateful for the the part i had of option a Mm -hmm. and um and i know god heard many cries and pleas for his healing. Um, and I know he said, no, uh, although he's completely healed now. I know that. Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just thought, um, I'm still here. Um, I have so much, so many precious memories. Uh, we have a wonderful family, but, um, God's not done with me yet. Right. And, and so <laughs> I, you know, just want to be useful to him and, and serve. And so, um, I don't live in regret. Mm. Uh, that's really important. I don't, um, I just think, okay, what the title of the book, what now God, mm-hmm. what now God, mm. and that's, that's uh, helped me a lot, right? Um, because uh, it's it's uh, you know I miss him every day, but uh, it's a really um, I'm on an exciting journey. I'm learning things I've never learned before. I I love the life I'm living now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I'm doesn't it doesn't take away from how much I miss him. Uh, would I rather him? be here enjoying together yes but um i i uh i love life i love life with god i love the new things he's teaching showing me i, I love the opportunities that i'm having now i 
was talking to someone before this of some of my my plans and i just i get adrenaline i get it's like you know well, so it's funny you bring that up because yeah. your daughter melissa miller and her husband kevin came out and did a retreat for our leadership uh, such a great time in arizona and <laughs> i we've never met and so i was asking about you and and Wyndham and how how are you doing and just trying to get to know you a little bit more and and she said well <clears throat> My mom is, she's like an energizer bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) I just thought that is so funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, when so many people would see, you know, dealing with depression, just a lack of motivation, a lack, just kind of like checking out. It seems like you've just increased your intensity. I mean, going to grad school in the last year of his, of his, his passing, I go, oh my gosh, who does that? 17 books. Where's the energy come from? You know, I just, I, God gave me a passion and a desire to learn. I have this, I love to learn. I'm a, uh, avid reader, um, learner, and I love to teach. And, um, I'm very curious. I was just part of the learning. Uh, I always want to just learn more. And so, um, yeah, I had always, wanted to get deeper theological training actually uh there's so much more i wanted to understand wanted to learn so i decided to go back to grad school and that's one of those god stories too because i remember praying god uh, and Wyndham was so encouraging he had gone to um uh abilene and when we were newly married for three summers and gotten his master's then and i wanted to do the same but um there really wasn't a place for women to do that at that time. In fact, uh, right up until that time, women weren't even allowed in the the schools, uh, a lot of the Church of Christ supported schools to major or to to have a theological study, um, which is pretty sad. But, uh, and Wyndham always felt bad about that. He so encouraged me. He was so proud of me for doing this and knew how much I loved it. So, um, so yeah, I started um I started that pursuit in spiritual formation and I just finished my first draft of my dissertation. I'm just about done with my doctoral program now. So I'm really really wow. excited about that. <laughs> I've learned so much. Um and uh I you know, I keep thinking go how can I pass these things on? How can I use it teaching and writing, but I also just recently uh, am finishing in May 2nd, my last day, I've just finished practice uh, clients of a a Christian coaching um, certification. And that'll be kind of the umbrella to use this. And then I'm uh, also doing grief recovery uh, and also um, starting in the fall, um, getting certified in spiritual direction. And so there's a lot of different angles coming together that I think um, I've learned in the Christian coaching, all of those aspects of spiritual formation, grief recovery, spiritual direction, um, they're all very useful. And so um, I'm, I'm putting that together now, but it just, it energizes me because I think it meets needs that uh, meets felt needs that people have. And when I can, help connect people and their felt needs to 
to God and to the movement of God's spirit. Um, it thrills me. Uh, that's what I long to do. Just long to help them uh, feel and experience God in a deeper and greater way. And um, so, yeah, I have a passion for it. And um, that keeps me, you know, it energizes me mm. in a great way. It really does. Um, yeah, people, I, I'll be, I have to watch myself because I'll be uh, writing or working on a paper and I'll think, oh my goodness, how did it get to be three o'clock in the morning? How did that even happen? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned so, that because I just emailed you last night and it was like nine o'clock my time, 12 o'clock your time. And then oh, she'll read it in the morning. Bing, here it comes back. It's like, no problem. You're, you're yeah. up past midnight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your, your daughter knows you really well. She does know me well. She does know me well. Yes. I'm, I'm very connected with my kids and I'm so grateful for that. I just wanted to share that your latest book, What Now God, has personally ministered to me. Uh, this year, 2023 in January, Karen Kalarik, who's a disciple in our church here, she knew um, I was going through a rough patch because my only daughter, who uh, got married a year and a half ago, uh, moved to do her graduate work at Gonzaga University. And so, I mean, she's, besides Rob, she's my best friend. So to have her leave, um, you know, was really tough. And so she gave me this book. I absolutely love it. I'd love to read several excerpts, but uh, you wrote it, so you don't need to hear it. But <laughs> it really um, just meant so much to me that I turned around uh, in January and sent it out to three of my best friends who I knew who were also going through transitions. And I said, please read this book. Uh, so thank you so much for your writing. It's really, it's helped me. And I know it's helped so many uh, people in the kingdom. Thank you so much. You know, I try to write from what's going on in my life now. And that's, uh, yes, over the past two years, I, you know, I, or three years, I became a widow. I retired. I, I moved. I you know, sold her house of 30 years. I mean, every, it seemed like everything uh, went, was back to school. So yes, transition seemed to be a theme. And uh, so, yes, and I had um, before that written something on caregiving, the sacred journey uh, uh, about caregiving, because it's such a, it's a, it's a lonely, um, hard time of, of life uh, for, for people. There's a lot that I never knew went into caregiving. And then I'd been doing a study on, on women. And so, uh, I was also just, you know, wanted to share that. So that's when I, I, I wrote on that as well. So those are kind of the, uh, oh, and then the, and lessons I learned from Wyndham, mm -hmm. uh, Wednesdays with Wyndham. That was a uh, very cathartic for me. That was, um, I, I tried to just share, he's very wise, uh, mm. some of the, the biggest life lessons uh, that I'd learned from him. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And didn't you also write a book about aging gracefully? Yes, called An Aging Grace. Yes. yes. And that's an, that's an anthology. I collect a lot of uh, people who had different areas because I feel like, oh, you know, their experiences, if we combine them, they can be so much more uh, beneficial. And that was a lot of fun to write. It was, I think, covered a lot of needed topics on aging, but we tried to have a good bit of humor in there as well. Mm. I love to laugh. That's really important to me. <laughs> <laughs> same here. Same here. Yeah, absolutely. 
Thanks for listening today. My wife Pam and I have been able to plant five churches over the course of our career, and my dream is to plant at least five more churches by the year 2030. My next planting target is Green Valley, Arizona. This area is one of the fastest growing in Arizona, and your support will help me to turn that dream into reality. Your tax-deductible gift will help get this church off the ground. So please give today at tucsonchurchofchrist.org, tucsonchurchofchrist.org, and then look for and select the general fund when you give. Thank you so much. Jeannie, how did you get into writing? When I was probably eight or nine years old, I loved to write. I, uh, I'll tell you my first poem. No, as I was sitting on the throne in a fantasy world all alone, my glee vanished like a vapor when I saw there was no toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Very deep and spiritual. (laughs) And I used to write and I would put them to put my pages together in little cardboard and staple them. But um, yeah, then I got just way too busy. Life was way too busy and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And um, Sheila Jones uh, encouraged me to to write. Um, I had taken a lot of uh, journal reflections, and I shared some of them when we were adopting Jacob, and that was really my first book, Jacob's Journey. And um, then she, uh, I mentioned some of the crazy experiences, and uh, she suggested, "Why don't you put those together in a book?" And she was really encouraging and helpful, and. You know, I learned so much through all the my wonderful editors, especially Sheila and Elizabeth uh, Thompson. And um, I just I thought writing was such a labor of love. It was hard work. I I finished a book and I thought, that's it. That's my book for life. I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this again. And then God just kept putting things on my heart to, to write. And, um, you know, they always come out of, of life experience and things that are going on in my life. And I just try to share those. And so as long as those things keep coming, then I want to keep writing. You mentioned David Tackle. He, um, I just interviewed him a couple days ago. He wrote the book Forming, A Work of Grace. You're studying, your doctorate is in spiritual formation. Now, that's a word that I, a phrase that I've just, just seems like the last couple of years, everyone's talking about spiritual formation. Can you talk a little bit about what got you interested in that whole field? Yes. Um, I feel like, honestly, my... Um, Though I've always loved God, I feel like the emphasis um, throughout my experience in the church has been a lot on doing, uh, a lot on uh, on knowing and doing, and production and 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 learning facts uh, about the Bible, and um, but not a lot on being, uh, not a lot on just being with God and being God's beloved. And, um, you know, I think this idea of just, uh, I don't know, there's a, a judgmental aspect of, um, that I carried with me of never being enough for always on the edge. And, um, 
and I think express that toward others as well. Just too much of a judgmental posture. And um, I just wanted to go deeper. And I think, honestly, it's oh, it's so, you know, it's been five years of, of study and work, but honestly, it's um, more just of a deeper look into who God is and who we are in relation to God. And, and um, really being attuned to, to him in our lives today and to the working of the spirit in our lives today. And um, maybe slowing down some to catch up with God. <laughs> mm. um, it's, it's been uh, a great journey for me. It really has been. Interesting. One that's helped me, yes, grow in, in the grace and knowledge of mm -hmm. our Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. for sure. Wow, I love that. It's very needed. Do you, when you look back, I mean, 17 books, um, a career in the ministry, do you have a proudest moment? Is there something you look back and go, that really makes me happy? Um, yeah, that's a, I, I think... Um, perhaps there are several, there's three things that come to mind. Uh, one, the, uh, certainly working in the third world and with, um, or in the developing countries and with orphans changed me forever. Um, I think, um, the day we were able to bring 17 kids into a home that we built there, um, who didn't, who were from orphanages and lots of trauma and abuse. Um, I remember just watching them come in. And I remember that first night there thinking, um, what have we just done? Mm. Uh, is both, it was, you know, it was well beyond our expertise, the kind of trauma there, but um, knowing that uh, some of these kids were getting a, a chance uh, that they wouldn't have. That was something very meaningful to me. Um, the plight of orphans just has really been near and dear to my heart. So I think, um, I think that was, uh, and, and I love staying in touch with so many of them. That to me is something I'm, I'm grateful for. Um, I think when you ask what's the proudest moment, I think um, I think maybe um, when Wyndham took his last breath, knowing um, that God had been with us, and um, I tried to make every day as wonderful as possible for him, and that. God had seen us through. Uh, I don't know. I was proud of myself. I was just proud of God, you know, and how he'd worked and uh, that. Uh, wow, you did it. You finished the race. Mm -hmm. You finished the race beautifully. So, um, yeah, that was a, a moment, a significant moment. And just the uh, doing it in community with my family. Um we're just really close and I think I feel very grateful for that and the, the legacy there. But I think 
recently, um, you know, finishing the first draft of my dissertation, the blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> no, no, maybe tears and sweat, probably no, no blood, maybe some paper cuts, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I felt really encouraged by that because it was something I remember thinking, would this even be a possibility? And, um, yeah, it's been a lot of work, but it's been something that's been so uh, encouraging to me. Really, I thought, wow, I never thought I could do this. Uh, and I didn't share earlier, you know, I, when Wyndham and I were talking about this, I thought, oh, my goodness, this journey, this is going to, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. And I prayed God would make it clear if he wanted me to go this route. And as I was praying that prayer, uh, it was probably the next week when uh, a business that had been in my mom's family, my parents are, are long deceased, but uh, that had been in my family for well over a century, uh, decided to close doors and sell. And I, through inheritance, owned a, a, a portion of that company. And what my share was, was the almost to the dollar uh, with a little more for books and stuff, the cost of what my entire master's and doctoral program would be. So I thought, okay, I see that as a, as a <laughs> that's really encouraging. Yeah, that was super encouraging. So yeah, those have been some moments that, um, yeah, I feel, I feel grateful for and, uh, is proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, you've had such an incredible career in the ministry, you know, you're definitely known as being a great wife and a, and a mother uh, of four children, I believe. And so I just wanted you to talk a little bit uh, just about being a mom in the ministry and just what advice you would give, you know, just balancing that, you know, raising your children as well as being full-time in the ministry. Yeah, I think the the thing we valued so much is um, just um, building a real heart connection with our children. Uh, um, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a separate ministry life and separate life life. It was uh, who we are is who we are. Um, and I, you know, something I valued so much from my parents they weren't perfect but their faith was real and i witnessed that every day in life how they live life their perspective their attitudes and um just um integrity and vulnerability those were very important ingredients to me that um you know we were we were real our faith was real uh, it is real, um, and it's something we talked about. It wasn't a thing to do, or a we didn't want them to feel, uh, you know, you have to measure up, make us look good, kind of. You know, it's um, you are who you are, and we are who we are, and we're trying together to, you know, to learn, to grow together, to please God. And I think uh, I would try when. Um, they were struggling with something. One, we really tried to both model and encourage vulnerability. Um, 
you're safe to talk about your fears. You're safe to talk about your struggles and temptations. And um, I think that that, I think they felt that. And I think um, I tried when they would struggle with something or be to say, yeah, you remind me of me. I, I, I get that, you know, I, I um, and share from my own life. But, um, you know, I think we tried to listen to them too and learn from them as they grow older and, and um, change. And, and it wasn't just a, it, it was a real relationship, not a, it grew as they grew and, um, you know, to have a respect for them and um, seeing their value, their differences. Um, I guess those are some of the, the main things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. That, that's really helpful. Why, why'd you leave Boston? I mean, you've been there for so long. Why in the world would you leave? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think, well, probably the biggest thing was um, I knew, I knew that I didn't want to stay in the, the same house we'd been in for a long time. Uh, you know, it was uh, more like a family home bigger than we needed but also uh so many precious memories but honestly um some really hard ones uh you know Wyndham was uh so ill and died in our bedroom and um you know it was kind of hard to get some of those hard images uh of of struggle in times when he'd have to be resuscitated or different times there was just some you know, I thought, ah, yeah, and um, yeah, I my daughter who lives uh, my three of my children and their families live in Massachusetts, and my daughter who had been here for seven years and her family said it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I just thought it would, you know, I'd I'd been with in a large church and um, I just thought a change would be good. Right. It was right. time. God made a lot of things clear during that time. And oh my goodness, he blessed it so many ways. Right. Um, so many ways. I, once I made that decision, um, I had not one day of regret. Mm-hmm. I had not one day I looked back and said, mm, I don't think this was the right thing. So, which is kind of unusual. I think I just feel like it was the right things. Have you thought about remarriage? People have asked me, I have absolutely no desire for that. No. Some people do. I don't. I don't have any interest in that. Let me ask you this question. What's one thing you wish every young woman knew? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. I'm... You are enough. You are beloved by God. It's so easy to try to gain our identity and our worth from what we do or what we have or what others think of us instead of just really being beloved by God, you know, to um, find ways to use the gifts God has given you um, because they're so rich and so full. I think, I don't know, somehow and how I had grown up, I, I, I felt something about being a woman. I felt a little, there was something intrinsically in me. I had, this is why I studied this so hard, maybe a little less than 
and I think even just realizing, oh, wow, God's, God's the full embodiment of male and female, you know, he, um, and I'm created in his image. I just want women to know that God sees you. He hears you. He loves you no matter what you go through in life, because there will be trauma. There will be sadness. There'll be uh, illness. There'll be death. There'll be injustice. Jesus is enough. And he understands. He gets us. He gets it. He's been there. And he hates the injustice. He, he hates the illness. He hates all that. Um, this life is as a short, it's not fully what we're living for. So every breath you breathe, uh, do it with God for him, but with him. Uh, alongside him where he's you're 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 sharing in the purposes that he has for your life you know it's okay to not know everything i want to i want to double back and talk a little bit about your writing i mean 17 books is quite a production for a person who's already has a full-time job and was in the ministry how did you do it? Like what, give, give us some tips, like give me some bullet points on how you made the time. What, what's your schedule look like? Yeah. You know, just talk, talk to me about how you were able to produce this and continue to produce books and a, a doctoral thesis. Is this a personal question? Yeah, you want? yeah I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I'm a writer yeah. as well. I'm, I'm interested. I'm inspired. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I tried to be very careful. I mean, I, my work ethic is not is something that's never been questioned. <laughs> but I wanted to be careful to not use, you know, I was paid on ministry staff and I wasn't paid to write books. Um, but um, I, I used, um, and I used my books a lot in the ministry. But honestly, I spent a lot of late nights writing. Um, that's when I, that's not for everybody, but for me, that's when, I was able just to feel like, okay, I can be in the quiet and by myself. Wyndham would be gracious with me times, and he would tell you, when does she do that? She does it late at night. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's uh, what I do. And I'd work at, at them over time. And then sometimes I would take a, like, uh, you know, a, a week off or something just to get things finished up and, and together. Sometimes they came quickly. That last book, I'd, I'd been taking notes about I'd been thought I thought about but I had a break between classes over Christmas I spent hours putting that together over a Christmas break by that time I was already retired though so that you know Wyndham loved to go fish I love to go right I find pleasure in it so it wasn't like a oh my goodness I gotta go right it's like get me to my computer to write right most of the time mm. That's it's not always easy like that, especially wow. the editing process. It's uh, having a good editor is is absolutely essential. Mm. You may have covered this already, but what advice would you give to a person who wants to make this life count? Realize that you are created in the image of God and are partnering with God and being so thankful, so grateful to God every day. Having the moments of gratitude, awe, and remembrance of what God has done throughout history throughout time but in your life and to just walk with them to walk with them every day that's my greatest joy every day is just to walk with god as i walk along the river i um you know sometimes i just i miss holding hands with my husband sometimes i'll just envision 
holding hands with with Jesus, I uh, sometimes it's just it's seeing his creation, being with him, being invigorated by that, having that fill me, receiving from him, because I didn't used to do that very well. I I could I would give, but could run dry from not really taking the time to to receive from him. I I, ha I live across the street from the river, the Connecticut River. And um, I love rivers. I love the whole, they're a, a whole image to me of, of the source from God and flowing into something. And I also pass a big fountain as I go by. And uh, my I verse, I, I just say out loud to God every day. And that's a, a gratitude that uh, of who he is, is uh, your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness like the mighty mountains. You preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings and feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of life with you as a fountain of life in your light we see light and i just uh that's psalm 86 and i just share that and say that as i walk by the fountain as i watch the river and i remember uh, god is so good god is so good he's so great and uh, i can feast on the abundance of his house and i can drink from the river of his delight and with him is my fountain of life and in his light, I see light. And that's to me, that kind of sum up, sums up life for me right there. <laughs> and uh, wow. that's the way I want to live. Jeannie, wow. thank you so much for yeah. your time. Really thank you appreciate for sharing it. that. Thanks for listening to the Rob Skinner Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, I'd like to ask your help and support through one of the following. First of all, hit the subscribe button. Secondly, read one of my books, How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. And finally, support the program financially by going to the TucsonChurchOfChrist.org website and going to the Donate tab. Look for the general fund when you give. Your tax-deductible gift will help me to plant five or more churches by 2030. I really appreciate people who have given already, and it's been super helpful. People like Melanie Yu and others have been so generous. It's making a difference because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count live a no-regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.